Hey guys, this is Dave Milliken, the Ace of Belts. You're listening to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one more time to the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling Podcast. And once again, as always, I'm here with my brother from the same father and mother, my tag team partner in life. What's up, Jut the Plastic Sheik? What are you doing, brother? Man, I'm just enjoying a day off and getting ready to have a good time with this interview. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm very excited to have Mr. Dave Milliken, the ace of belts. As you all saw, that is the show for the day. Dave's a guy I've wanted to talk to for a while. He's so popular, it's been tough to get him because a lot of other podcasts have been getting him on. And it's been a back and forth, but he's a great guy and he's given us this time. So I'm excited to be able to talk to this guy. I mean, literally, he has a touch of everything in just about every promotion from so many decades. I mean, it's crazy to think of the belts that this guys made yeah and not just not just wrestling belts but like ufc bellator stuff like that i mean he he's he's the guy that people turn to when they want a uh high quality high quality belt man that's yeah uh, professional i mean your fantasy football league you could have one for that from dave milliken you know yeah there you go brother I don't know what the price on that would be, yeah. but hey, so, you know, <laughs> but anyway, to kind of go back and do a little housekeeping here, our last episode, of course, we had the awesome, the hilarious Gene Jackson. We did the Thunder in Paradise watch along. Of course, that's already out. Hope y'all have enjoyed it. Seeing great numbers on that. One thing I want to let y'all know about, if you haven't done this, you can actually go to our YouTube channel, Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling at GMBMPW, and you can actually watch the movie with us talking throughout it now you know maybe that's annoying to you but that's the whole idea of a watch along so (laughs) get over it right (laughs) yeah there you go but yeah that was a lot of fun it took me a little while to get that done because my computer does not really like large massive video files i'm not a video guy anyway but anyway it was a lot of fun to get that done and a lot of hilarious times watching it so i hope you all have enjoyed that You know, I kind of wanted to breeze past this one because there's been some things coming up on other podcasts that I kind of feel like we need to address. So a few episodes ago, you know, we did one of our what if episodes, right? Right. And, you know, we love what if Sting versus Hogan, what if Magnum T. I mean, we got all kinds of what if ideas. I'm not going to go into that right now. But one of the biggest ones that we wanted to do since we thought of it was what if Ultimate Warrior and Sting switched places, okay? Well, the numbers through the podcast apps were great, amazing. The numbers through the YouTube channel were also amazing. I think we have a short addressing Sting's need in the Jim Crockett promotion is nearing 35,000 as we speak. So, you know, that's crazy. I know shorts are 
popular, but man, this one must be popping up in everybody's feed because I swear it's out there, you know? Yeah, and absolutely. so, so I think we did this like three or four months ago. You guys go back in the archives, definitely give it a listen. But why I bring this up is here recently, not only on one major podcast, but two major podcasts, this question has come up. Now, Jared, we know that we're probably not the first people to ask what if of that question, right? True, I mean, yeah. That's that's not ours. We didn't trademark it. We didn't originate that thought. I'm positive. But I want to say that we had a little touch on this. So right now, you can hear the clip of Conrad and Ric Flair. Conrad asks Ric Flair about the question. Says, My question is, if the roles reversed in the late 80s with Sting going to the WWF and Jim Helwig going to JCP, how would both men's careers have panned out? Sting would have been huge. Uh, Hellway would not have worked at the JCP. Not for long. No. Can you see Jim Hellway get along with Ole Anderson? Well, that's fair, I guess. No, let me be honest. Hell, yeah. Harley Race. Yeah. <laughs> so Sting would have been huge either way and was and is. Jim was hard to do business with. Right. And that what that wasn't that wasn't a word like when he when he um didn't want to do the favor and uh and he he held him up somewhere what do you you think someone's going to square garden SummerSlam yeah. what do you think Harley Race would do in that situation? Broke his leg. He'd no he'd walk over in the locker room and, and beat him up so bad and and he'd throw him out the door and tell him not I mean he that's the way it would happen. Right. I mean that's the way the business was back then. Jack Mulligan, can you imagine that? I mean I, I can't can't fathom that. <laughs> I just can't. All right. And then now, also, you sent me last night as I'm going out to get some dinner, you sent me a text and you were like, check this out. And I'm usually pretty up on this one because I'm on YouTube a lot like you are. And this one popped up that this was Jim Cornette getting asked the, the very, very same, same question. question. Yeah. What if... Sting and the Ultimate Warrior went to different locations. All right. Well, our final question here this week, Jim, sent to the official Cult of Cornette Facebook group from Devin Pettiford. Do you think if Sting went to the WWF instead of Warrior and Warrior went to WCW, would they have risen to as high a level as they did? Oh, good God, no. Good God, no. Sting would have become a star in the WWF. Warrior would have become a professional chiropractor after w WCW and or, well, it would have actually been Jim Crockett Promotions at that point. He, he wouldn't have lasted three weeks in Jim Crockett Promotions. From what I've, I've never had the misfortune of dealing with him much on a personal basis, except for that one famous lunch and afternoon visit. But no, he couldn't, he couldn't work or talk to the standards of the talent in Crockett Promotions. He didn't have the attitude to want to learn. He would not have been in any way babied or coddled or pushed past his ability like he was with Vince because Dusty nor Jimmy Crockett nor anybody else in, in the Carolinas gave a f about bodybuilders or cared what his body looked like, whereas that was what Vince saw to make him the next guy. Now... Again, there could be some sort of coincidence in this that it was asked two times on two different shows. But I got to say this with all honesty. I got to feel like this was one we put out in the air there, man. I'm just saying. 
Yeah, yeah. And for the listeners out there, we did not send these questions Absolutely. to Ric Flair or to Jim Cornette. We did not send that question. We we were kind of just like, hey, cool. That, that question's coming up to them too. And, you know, it's cool. I got to think somebody might have saw the short or saw a video and, you know, thought, yeah. hey, let's ask, uh, let's ask, uh, Somebody that wrestled both of them, somebody or somebody. wrestled both of them, or that was around. Uh, yeah, like Cornette wasn't around Warrior. I think he said he had some kind of weird meeting with him one time. He said, "Yeah, um, but yeah." Anyway, I don't know if we are the reason, but I feel like if there's a percentage of it that we are possibly the reason. And I'm just, again, I'm not here to pat ourselves on the back. I'm not here to toot our own horn. But as Arn Anderson would say, Jared, toot, toot. (laughs) Exactly. I'm just saying. So, hey, if y'all listened to our show and then went to Rick and Jim to get their expert opinion, I really appreciate that. What I love the most, though, is that the legends, the podcasting giants, agreed with our point, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't, Cornette's it was a little different. Like Ric Flair was almost spot on with what we said. Right. Uh, right. And, and no, nothing against Cornette cause he's an amazing wrestling mind, but to hear it from Flair who has been in the ring with both of those guys yeah. was sting. Maybe sting may be his most common opponent. I, I don't know if that you could look that up. I don't know, but right. Uh, right. I mean, he may have wrestled, more time against Sting than anybody. Yeah, I think War he wrestled Warrior a couple times. Either way, though, he's Rick frickin' Flair. He's gonna exactly. know. He's gonna know if it would have worked. And again, I don't want to stay too far on this because we got a big show ahead of us. But to be honest, just tell us, y'all. Do you think that they took it from us? Because again, three, four months ago, we do this show and we did a lot, man. We went in deep on it. We broke it down from the Warriors side. We went down from the Sting side. If y'all haven't checked out that episode, honestly, I don't know why you're here. But secondarily, if you haven't, go check it out because truthfully, I think it's one of our best, most researched episodes. You know, yeah. that I think that, what do you think, Jared? I think that it's uh, outside of our interviews, because interviews, are about are about the guests we got on outside yeah. of our interviews that could possibly be our best like playing off each other and like being just well researched and we knew the topic yeah we went deep on the topic we wanted to be the final say now again <laughs> i'm never going to say we're the final say over cornet i'm never going to say we're the final say over rick flair i'm never going to say because wrestling fans are going to ask other people but i just love the idea that somebody even if they just flew by in YouTube and said, what if stinging well, by Jacks, I might ask old Corny about that. You yeah. know, I'm happy. So yeah. Yeah. And the one thing, like, I mean, like I, if the question had came out to them a few years ago, yeah, there was something in the, in maybe one of the warrior documentaries where somebody kind of like, kind of says something like that. Not exactly. Right. But so, so then I would have put it on that, but you know, that dark side of the ring episodes, it, at least a couple of years old now, and, and that A and E bi- biography, which I don't think was the one they said it in, 
was, you know, like a year, year and a half ago. So it could have been out there prior to this again. I mean, but it, like I said, it wasn't the exact question. Right. And also, I guarantee nobody has researched it as much as you and I did. We wanted, like I said, to be the somewhat final say on the matter, you know. And and the beauty part of it is, is the greatest wrestler of all time and one of the greatest minds historians in this business of all time, both somewhat down to the details agreed with us. So anyway, thank you all for listening. Thank you for asking legends the question. <laughs> you know, it means a lot. Yeah. You know, we're just two kids from Southwest Virginia that love pro wrestling and get our way to get a little bit of talk about it. So, you know, with that being said, Hey, hey, just let me interrupt you right quick. Yeah. You know, I heard, I heard you and, um, I was listening to you and Wolfie's, uh, Jerry Jarrett episode and you were talking about Southwest Virginia and everything like that. You know, the way my coping mechanism for always explaining it. So people didn't think I was from West Virginia and to really get, you know, not nothing against West Virginia, but just to tell them that I was from Virginia I would always right. say I'm from the southwest part of Virginia. Yeah, that's that a was good. My, that was always my explanation for it. Yeah, because you can't always count on somebody to say southern West Virginia. You yeah, know? yeah. We and again, we're very close to Southwest Virginia. Yeah, exactly, we are. But we're Southwest Virginia, or I like how you say we're from the southwestern part of Virginia, and I, I like that. It, I always I used to say we're from the big toe of Virginia. So there if you, you see. Go. Yeah, if you see Virginia, it's like a foot, and we're in the Big Toe region. So, anyway, yeah, but yeah, I think I think that pretty much is it for. Unless you have anything else for the open jet, what do you think? No, man, that's good. That's great. I was thinking uh, to mention the same thing myself with that question. So, good job. Yeah. Oh, well, hey, that's what we're here for. Like minds make it happen. So I say let's take a quick little break, listen to a couple of our buddies' podcast commercials, and we'll be right back with the ace of belts, Dave Milliken. Hey, guys, this is Wolfie D from PG-13. Check out my podcast, Live and in Color, with Wolfie D every Monday at noon. We're talking Memphis. We're talking ECW, WCW, WWF, everywhere that I've been. We even have some great guests, some Hall of Famers on the show with us every Monday, Live and in Color with Wolfie D. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for sticking around. And this one more time is the Ace of Belts, Dave Milliken. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing today, sir? Man, better than I deserve. How are you? Oh, man, we're doing good. Thank you so much for coming on. It's definitely been something I've wanted to talk to you about. It's funny, man. I, I was thinking, Dave Milliken, let's get him on the show. And then, boom, Jericho got you. <laughs> I was like, well, that was a great show. Well, that is, thanks, man. That was Yeah, that was something we were trying to line up for a while. And then uh, his schedule, my schedule, and, um, you know, we finally finally got it done. And I think, I think we taped that thing back in maybe mid-December, something like that. But, yeah, yeah, I finally got out there. It's been a while since I had, uh, had done one. I'll do things, you know, here and there for my for my buddies and stuff. But I was looking back, and I was like, my gosh, man, time's passed me by. I did the uh, – I was on one of the early Steve Austin shows. And, yeah. And, yeah. But, that man, that was nine years ago. You know, wow. Crazy? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Time flies, man. <laughs> for sure. That's awesome. Well, we're glad you're on our show today, Dave. So just sit back, relax. We're going to bug you with some questions, brother. So Jared, I look forward to it. Awesome. Hey, Dave. So, so we always start out. This is my favorite question to ask people and people, people kind of, you know, it, it could put you on the spot a little bit, but I don't, it's a fun question, but yours okay. is going to be a, two, yours is going to be a two part question because of your, okay. uh, your specialty. So 
my favorite question is your Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. Like who are your favorite, like your top four? You could have five. I'll give you five. I give everybody the opportunity to have that fifth one and your Mount Rushmore of title belts. My gosh, man. I think we just did the whole show right there by the time we did that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, I sit around and in my in my very limited spare time, and I see other people pose this question online, and mine would probably look considerably different than a lot of, than, you know, a lot of, uh, the rest of the wrestling fan population. And, and the reason why is really about personal connections. And right. as much as it is, you know, as much as it is, you know, accomplishments and stuff, but I, I always, I always drive myself crazy and I'll always walk away from the question, but let's see, <laughs> let's see what we can, let's see what we can do. Um, oh my gosh. You know, it's like, uh, I'm going to have to say that personally and professionally, you know, you got, you got Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, I thought so even before I first met Steve in, uh, in 1990 and he was being managed by Jamie Dundee, my, my buddy, JC ice. Oh yeah. And, yeah. uh, yeah. And, um, already knew Jamie a little bit and Steve had, you know, kind of just come into the territory and stuff. And I thought, Oh man, you know, big, you know, guy, long blonde hair, got the look and he can work, even though, even though he was just getting going to I me, mean, he just had it, but man, who would ever, whoever would have thought, you know? Yeah. And, and so Steve Austin, all right. Steve Austin. Love it. Oh my gosh. You know, and I think probably a lot of people over the last I don't know, 20 years, 25 years might think really, you know, but I, I get into a lot of these, the, the guys that, um, uh, you know, you got, you're always going to have your people who are going to go, you know, flair, rock, Austin, whatever. And, and those are all hundred percent qualifiable names, you know, but right. for me, I would, I wouldn't be in this business without Jerry Lawler. Oh yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I absolutely would not be in this business if you take Jerry Lawler out of it. Um, yeah. So he's always going to be on, on Rushmore for me. And a lot of people think, well, he's never even won a title in WWE or whatever, you know, all kind of silly True stuff that. like that. Yeah. You know, but who cares? Right. You know, right. you know, if you think he was the guy that just sat there and yelled puppies or, you know, maybe did a, a, a couple of, you know, they had the program with Brett and the program with Taz. Well, that's all true. And, and those are good programs, but you still don't know the guy. If that's what no, you're right. if that's, you know. Learn so, something. <laughs> yeah, right. Educate yourself. So, okay, then I got two. So, yeah. um, oh my gosh, man. Oh, geez. So let's go with. You got. I think you do have to go with Ric Flair. I think Rick has to be on it. Yeah. Uh, and, and here's why. Uh, right now, we just talked about uh, how maybe guys that have been watching the business for 20 or 25 years might not understand the greatness of the king, but you have 20-year-olds who are watching video of Ric Flair from 1986 1987 because he has influenced pop culture that much transcended the wrestling business 
that much. Absolutely. So I think you got to go with Rick. Yeah. yeah. My, my wife saw part of a match with him and Steamboat in that trilogy one time, and she's like, wow, this is really good. And she doesn't know anything or doesn't like wrestling at all. But like she saw that. Yeah. So, so that just shows you, like, when somebody can see that and recognize that, that doesn't know anything, it shows you. What better endorsement is there? I'm right. Exactly. That, you know, it's one thing for me to be like, oh, Jerry Law this, oh, Steve Austin that, or whatever. But for somebody that's not a fan, I, I mean, I'm – uh, I'll be 56 years old in a few months, and and I I've been a fan most of my life. I've been involved with the business the majority of my life, right. and and I still put Rick up there. So when you get it, get somebody that that says that that is not a fan, it's because everybody can recognize poetry in motion. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, yeah. and Rick didn't just Rick didn't just you know talk the talk, which God knows that he could, but he walked the walk. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I'm telling you, these guys that I'm naming, and this is this is something I've said before, these guys that I'm naming, will people will be talking about them in 30 years, in 50 yeah, years. Totally. These are names people will still talk about, like we talk about. If you're a true fan, like you'll go back and talk about Luthez. Yeah, you know, right. Uh, then you'll... So we get into the deep woods here, uh, man. I, you know, there's so many. There's so many because I mean, I you know, I, I love, man, I love, I love Dusty and uh, I love Harley, and I, gosh. Remember, oh you get gosh. you get a fifth one if you need it. Don't don't yeah. forget that. <laughs> well, I'm I, I tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm I am gonna go, uh, and a lot of people are probably gonna think that we're. We're we're getting into um, generalizing and and sticking to maybe NWA stuff or whatever. But uh, a, another person that transcended the wrestling business was Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes yeah. was doing that national commercials in the yeah. late seventies. Absolutely, yeah. Give bag with stand bag, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh man, and, and I got to know. You know, I I met Dusty before then a little bit, but I got to know Dusty when he he came in and was I was seeing him on a weekly basis for a little bit during the the early TNA days. Yeah. And, and but you know, Dusty Dusty and I were were never like close friends or anything like that. But I was around him a lot. He was very good to me. A lot of these guys, um, Rick, Dusty, I had an automatic in because these were guys that were. They wrestled against Reggie Parks, the man that got me in the belt business, and then Absolutely. they also, then they also uh, ordered belts from him later. So you know, yeah. I had kind of an automatic yeah. It's like, oh, that's Reggie's guy. He, you yeah. know, he's all right, and yeah. well, that's or even truly, uh, oh, that's the King's guy. Well, he's he's all right, he's fine. But okay, so what are we at? We've done we've done Austin, we've done Lawler, we've done Dusty, and, and Rick. the next one with and and Rick. So I'm gonna go five. Okay. I'm take the five. Love it. <laughs> and and the reason we take five is, you know, it, it he might have gotten kind of lost in this digital age where everything can be fact checked. But a guy that truly, and well, I, I'll take heat for this one. I'm sure from a lot of people, but if you live through it like I did and you watch the business transform, then I think you have to put Hulk Hogan up there. Oh yeah, and, no doubt. And, and whether people think the business changed for the better or not is always going to be a debate. Right. But it was, but I've heard people say, well, Vince could have done that with any number of guys. 
And mm-hmm. said, I just, I, I could not disagree more. Yeah, I agree. Uh, totally agree yeah. with you. Yeah. So there we go. There we go. Love it. A, a great list. And I always tell people no wrong answers on that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And, and I have it, to remind myself of that going forward because my gosh, man, it's like you have, you know, so, so many, um, you know, I, we let, I left Harley race off and that was painful, but, but right. I, I, you know, um, because Harley, my God, as you know, it's like, there's always going to be somebody you think, Oh, that one hurts. That one yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It does. You know, I have Terry Funk, Lawler, Ric Flair. Oh my and, gosh. See, and, Terry Funk. And, and Roddy Piper on mine. So it's like, how do you, you know, I, but I love Bret Hart too. I love Dusty. I love Sting. I love, I mean, there's so many guys, but I love Terry Funk so much. I love Roddy Piper so much. I love Ric Flair. I, I mean, we're not talking about me though right now. So Bret is another guy. And, and here's how Bret changed the whole business. Bret was the, was the guy that when Rick was, was, you know, ready to go back and, and, and leave Vince again, yeah. I didn't see that coming. I did. Right. And I was connected. You know, oh, I, wow. was, yeah. I was already, I was already kind of, you know, kind of on the inner loop on some of the workings of the wrestling business and knew some, some of the people and, and I didn't see that coming. And it, and it took me by surprise. Not cause I didn't think Brett was capable or deserved it. I just didn't think yeah. Vince would ever do it. Right. And so Brett's another one. Brett deserves, you know, Brett would deserve a spot in, in, on anybody's, you know, it's, it's valid. It's valid. Roddy is valid. Roddy was the guy for crying out loud that wouldn't take the WWF title because even he said, yeah, I might not drop it back. Yeah. Cause he didn't, it's true. cause he really it's... didn't, cause he really didn't care that much for Hogan. So he right. even said, you know, out of all the things Hogan says that are questionable, right? Right. He, he said, I wanted to do business. But Hot Rod outright said, "Yeah, I don't know. I don't know yeah. that I would do it. I don't. I don't know that I would do the favor for you." Yeah, so, yeah. it's <laughs> you so know. great, isn't it? It's so great. It, I mean, yeah. it's, it is. It is. And I and I know we we probably got to talk about some belts now and stuff. But I'm telling you, you know, I I, we, I did this with. Uh, I think I do it with everybody that I'm on with. If we if we start off with wrestling, it's like it's been such a big part of my life. That um, you know, I've done belts for. Kiss and Garth Brooks and Madonna and uh, Jason Aldean and you. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna forget somebody like that. But I'm just saying, <laughs> it it transcends wrestling so much now. Yeah. But yeah. I do this because of my love for the wrestling business. That's what got me into it. You so, can tell. You can tell. You know, that's that's yeah. evident in your in your craftsmanship. You know. So. Thanks, man. I really appreciate. It. Okay, so Rushmore belts. <laughs> and oh my gosh, uh, you know, I'm gonna. The first one's easy because it's the answer I always give when it. You know, I've told you the the main guy responsible for why I do this, but the main belt that was responsible for me getting into this business was the. Let's see, it ran from about late 1981. This particular version until about 1989. And it was mm. the AWA Southern Heavyweight Championship from Memphis. Oh, dude, that's a beautiful belt. Beautiful. It is. Yeah. And these days, everybody thinks it's got to be a foot tall. And it's right. got to have 1,500 CZs on it. Gotta, <laughs> you know, and it's got to shine like a diamond in a goat's ass. But I'm going to tell you something. When you walked into the Coliseum back in the days before I could talk my dad into getting me uh, down into the loger on the floor – you can walk up into those cheap seats of the Coliseum, and when that spotlight would hit that belt, 
it might as well have been a foot tall and it might as well have had a thousand CVs on it because it, you could see that belt from anywhere in the Mid-South Coliseum. Yes. Yes. And it was Gorgeous belt. Yes. And I, and, and, and I, and it, and it's, it's always going to be my number one because I wouldn't have ever started doing this without it. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, so we'll go from that to uh, this is going to be easier than uh, than the guys. Um, we'll go from that to the ten pounds of gold. Yeah, no yeah. love it. Uh, we'll go from the ten pounds of gold to the big gold. Okay, the yeah, yeah. The, love big the, gold. Orig- the original one, right? Setting about. 35 minutes from my house right now, that one. Oh, don't tell me that, Dave. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Some of the copies were, you know, all the copies were nice and the, the follow-ups yeah. and the WWE versions and the whatever. But yeah. that original belt yeah. that was ha- handcrafted out of sterling silver and overlaid in gold. Um, yeah. That crumb rind belt is one of a kind. And, you know, nothing. There's some beautiful copies out there. But there's only one real one. Yeah. So we'll go with that one. Yeah. And then we're going to get a little more personal. And even though it didn't originate with me, God knows I've done more of them than anybody else. The, um, the, we mentioned Hogan and we mentioned Brett and I probably should have mentioned Sean somewhere in the middle of all that, but the, the winged Eagle championship belt that they call it, which I, I always said that name would never catch on by the way, when it was first, somebody first started saying it a little over 20 years ago. Right. All eagles ha- have wings. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, boy, was I wrong. Because when they sent me my royalty, when they sent me my royalty report, wing eagle, eagle, wing eagle, wing eagle. <laughs> but um, that was a that was a Reggie Parks specialty, and Reggie considered it not just his but our signature belt. And I say that because even Reggie knew that I, I, I ultimately ended up doing more of them than he did. Yeah. Um, and you know, as the, as the collector market grew, especially and all that. So I think, I think that would be, that would be it. I'm leaving off a uh, hundred belts that I love, but you know, that's why it's a Rushmore, right? So. Right. That's right. right. So a little segue question. If I can promise to delay this after WrestleMania, will we see a, another winged Eagle coming soon? Maybe? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, as much as the, the honest to God truth is, you know, as much as I know, um, <laughs> I, I have been so tempted to uh, to I haven't talked to Cody in a couple of years, but I get so tempted to text Cody and be like, "Hey, man, any 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 chance?" And I, the yeah. truth is, I haven't I haven't heard a word. And uh, my last communication with WWE was an email on Sunday night about some other business. So yeah. I haven't heard a word. Nobody said anything to me. So gotcha. I, you know, and it would have to be me legally, right? So, right, right. So uh, that's the truth. I, I I guess if I was being coy then you could say read something into it but the, the truth is there's been zero communication with me about it yeah it's such a beautiful belt not knocking the current belts whatsoever they have their place they're not sure. my favorite but if i were to pick you know the the AEW title is much more you know it reminds me of the old mid south title but what is the mid south national title or something that it, it looks like north lo- america 
North American, thank you. The the beauty of that AEW title is so much more than the the current WWE titles. But again, I, my thinking on this is I don't really care as much about the newer stuff. Just like in my wrestling fandom, I love talking about the old stuff. And I guess to talk about the old stuff, we kind of got to go where you started. So. Tell me a little bit about your upbringing, man. Tell me a little bit about your start, Dave. Well, I, I grew up, uh, gosh, about, I don't know, 35, 40 minutes north of Memphis, Tennessee. So, uh, and I grew up in a time, I've already told you how old I am, and, and not, that, not that, you know, I don't have an autographed copy of the Bible or anything, but I've been around <laughs> a day or two. <laughs> um, at, you know, at, at a time when, if you wanted something like that, you, there was no internet. There's no, oh, well, let me get the Sears catalog out and order a championship belt. There's, you know, um, if you wanted something like that, you had to, you had to make it. Um, right. And it's why so many, you can go back now even and find so many of the smaller promotions that had homemade belts. I mean, even Nick Goulas, who had all the resources of a, of a, you know, most successful wrestling promoters had a, had homemade belts in some cases, the NWA Mid-America Championship, which to most people doesn't hold up today. Because it's it's uh it, you know it's it's just as engraved metal and shiny and it, we thought it was cool in the Coliseum days but you know um, anyway it was the homemade right so that's right. what I had to do I had to start homemade and I started like most kids back then I didn't have anything to work with so let's see go raid mom's cabinet and get the aluminum foil out and cut yeah. out some cardboard and get a little paint and see what you can slap together and that's how we started uh, and it evolved into I had an, uh, an uncle who, um, you know, my, my dad was, was very involved and very much around, but he worked a lot. And I had an uncle who lived next door who took up a lot of time with me. And he worked in Memphis um, at a place where, you know, he could just take cutting torch and go down there and cut out uh, a piece of steel for me. I could just draw him a template and go with him down there and we'd cut it out and shine it up and I would do you know paint put some trophy pieces on it and put it on a at the time mostly you know whatever i could find from old seat covers or whatever yeah. i didn't even really get into to it was, we were a little later in the 80s before i even started messing with real leather and and that's how it started and it just evolved until um i'd actually been around the wrestling business and uh i do of reggie um through uh, I think actually the King was the first person to even tell me about Reggie, but I had seen, I mean, on a, from personal experience, but I had seen in the old after magazines where Bill and Reggie were friends. So occasionally on a, where are they now? Bill would slap a little segment about whatever Reggie was doing. And I always mentioned that he made most of the championship belts that were on the major television shows. Yeah. yeah. So I really just wanted a Reggie belt. Um, <laughs> didn't, didn't really aspire at that point to, make them or certainly not ever for a living or that sort of thing. I never even thought that'd be a possibility. I never even, you know, it's not that it's not that I sat and daydreamed about it. I just, it never crossed my mind. I didn't think it right. was a tangible, uh, life goal, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I was working in a prison, uh, and I did that for several years and I was kind of still, whenever I was free, I would, I'd already had the end. I'd known, uh, the King since the uh, late eighties, or 87 ish, I guess, on a personal level. Um, I'd, I'll fix up a thing or two here or there or whatever, but I wasn't really 
making anything other than stuff I did for, you know, these days everything's an indie show if it's not a big time. But back then, we just called them outlaw shows. Right, and right. I did, I did some outlaw show work and whatever. And then, um, you know, I, I mean, King was the first guy to put my stuff on television. Most of the, the early stuff there though, really was just fixing up what they already had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and keeping that going so they didn't have to spend more money. And in the meantime, I'd just bring the, you know, USWA belt home for, you know, a few days or sometimes even a week if they, if, you know, they just, I'd give them a little something to swap out or they'd just go without a belt at the house shows. <laughs> right, right. And, and you know, it, that was kind of the evolution of it. And then from there, you know, uh, once I got the Reggie belt, Reggie just asked me, he said, hey, man, why, why don't you do this the way that I do it? Well, I'd love to, but I don't have a clue how you do it. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and once again, you didn't just hop on the internet and learn about etching belt plates or see some, you know, Pakistani Facebook page that's got a $200 knockoff of something. Right, you know? right. Uh, so we just evolved from there. Reggie opened some doors for me, and and um, we were on opposite sides of the country, so it was a lot like, um, here, let me show you how to do this. Here, let me show you how to do that. Uh, I just learned. I taught myself by looking at his work. Uh, ordered a couple more belts as we went along. But, um, you know, that was it. And then Reggie just introduced me into the level of this business where, you know, it, it, there's a lot more, there's a lot more to it. And, uh, you know, now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, gosh, I've done more that I will always forget something. And right. I have people remind, remind me, um, hey, didn't you make this belt or didn't you make that belt? And, you know, I, sometimes I have to, um, pause and think, Oh gosh, yeah, I guess I did make that one. <laughs> well, how did it feel when you first, your first belt on TV? How did that feel when you saw that? And what was that belt? Well, the first ones that I kind of considered mine on television, even though they were remakes or, or just fixed up versions of Reggie belts, they had just beat the hell out of were, were yeah. the USWA belts. Oh yeah. Uh, the, t- the, yeah. the tag team belts, but Jerry oh my broke God. my heart. Yeah. He broke my heart. Right, because he, we got these red belts, and God knows, and this this, this will hit home a little bit. He knows it's true. Uh, Wolfie and Jamie just beat the shit out of those belts. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. God knows, right? The, the bodily fluid and everything I can imagine. Yeah, on those belts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, not just Wolfie and Jamie. I don't know that. I don't right. know that uh, Tommy and Doug were always the easiest on them either. But um, right, right. You know, but when Jerry says, "Hey, what can you do with these?" and I said, oh, I, I can fix it. We're talking replating. He's like, what's that cost? So I, I'll check into it. And he's like, that already doesn't sound good. So no, just, just shot them up. And <laughs> I've, I've always hated this red leather. Can you get rid of this red leather and maybe give me mm. black leather and, and kind mm. of change the paint scheme to, to match that? Mm. And my, my heart's like, I was like, oh, King, come on. We, yeah. <laughs> let me just make them look new again. Let me just take these red belts and I'll fix them up, make them look new again. Yeah. And he's like, nah, really, I, I, I just, I'd rather have, I'd rather have uh, the black leather. So anyway, that was the first ones. And yes, it was very cool to see, although I would have preferred to, to, um, you know, to, to have put them back on red and gone that route with them. Um, but even though those plates didn't originate with me, they might as well have. And to me, that was the biggest thing in the world. And also, you know, that, that version of it got to be the rocks very first belt. So I've made the rocks very first belt and the rocks to date last belt. So yeah. 
That's amazing. So you brought up a great point and and it led me into a place I wanted to talk to you about, Dave. So let me say this. I've asked Randy Hales about this and I thought Wolfie, you know, I'm the co-host of the Wolfie D podcast as well. So with talking to Wolfie, he doesn't have a clue about this answer, but we had a listener, Ben Martin. He sent in a question asking us about the USWA tag titles. He actually sent a picture of them being used in the Fullers, you know, in Knoxville. And it's, it's, Jimmy Golden and, and Robert Fuller wearing them across their and they're black leather, I think. And they're the USA wrestling tag titles. And then, of course, they show up and they're the exact same titles. Now, Randy didn't know how they got to the Memphis. He doesn't know. He assumes that maybe somebody just brought them to Memphis and they never made it back to Knoxville. Do you know the story on that at all? Well, they, they originated on the red straps. With the right. Okay. They, yeah. Okay. Ron, yeah. Ron Fuller, when he opened USA Wrestling, uh, and Ron told this story recently himself, he said that he had heard of Reggie uh, from the wrestling days, but he actually didn't know because he had ordered a lot of Levy belts in the Continental days. And um, which I guess somebody else, maybe, maybe it was David Woods or maybe it was somebody else in promotion order of the continental, the beautiful continental championship belt that ends up being the USWA Southern belt with Eddie Gilbert. Right. And I'll get back to the tags in a second, but all this is tied in. Yeah. So Ron said that he, when he opened USA wrestling, he, somebody had told him about Reggie and he ordered the USA heavyweight and USA tag team belts from, from Reggie, and he said, you know, when he got him, he was blown away. He, to this day, he has his USA Heavyweight Championship. He still takes it to appearances sometimes. Uh, it still looks like a million bucks, even though it was made in like 19, gosh, 80, what, 87 or 88. Um, and he's always taking care of it. Well, the tag team belts, and it's funny because um, weekends before this, this past weekend we just came out of, uh, I was with uh, Wolfie and Jamie and Pulaski, Pulaski. yeah he said he saw you there yeah yeah and and jamie said that he thinks and this would make sense but i i don't know that i don't know that he's right about the names but uh he said that he thinks that that uh his dad bill bill dundee and dr tom pritchard brought those belts to memphis and just did some kind of deal with with, uh, king and with jerry jarrett to own those belts uh, when when uh, USA shut down, got it. And okay, it it makes sense because Eddie Gilbert had kept the Continental Championship, the gold. The uh, if you haven't seen it, look it up, or you'll or just pull up like nineteen ninety USWA, and that was the Southern Heavyweight Belt and the right. beautiful gold plated Reggie Parks Belt. And when when Eddie would disappear from the territory, because Eddie would be Eddie get hot about something and leave, or Eddie and Eric Henry didn't get along. And I think Eric fired him one time when you would see that beautiful gold Reggie Parks belt disappear and some stand in belt show up as the Southern belt during that time. It's because Eddie was gone. Eddie took his belt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, because I guess, you know, continental is shut down. Nobody questioned him. Eddie, I think was booking and he just took the belt and, Got um, Got it. anyway, the tag team belts, Jamie said that he believes that, that his dad and Dr. Tom, brought them to Memphis. And I know the timing is about right yeah. because Bill worked in USA. Uh, I guess Dr. Tom worked. I know Dr. Tom worked in continental. I guess he worked in USA, but that was the name that Jamie threw out. Yeah. Uh, so that would be about as much as I would know about it too. I just know that they did show up here when USA wrestling shut down. Got it. That I makes sense. Like 
I'm in Ardmore, Tennessee now, but that's where I'm from. And so I still say here, like I'm standing, you know, just outside of Memphis, but right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We get it. That's totally fine. No, that, I think that's the most, you know, Randy, he was like, I I don't even know if Randy really cared. He was like, they were just there. We just got them and they used it. I don't know the specifics, but you can ask Randy a specific about a booking decision and he knows it a million ways to Sunday. So it's really cool that, you know, we got that element from you for sure. Well, yeah. The, The difference is Randy, was, was just and there's a lot of guys in that position. Randy was never a belt guy, and, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and and didn't pay that much attention to him. And uh, I paid a lot of attention to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So Dave, you kind of you kind of lead me into something that, that there, there's always a big debate with um, wrestling fans about: is there too many belts in like a promotion, or is there, you know? And and, and this is your like you're the expert, right? So I want to ask you: Do you think that too many belts in a promotion is like diminishes the meaning of, you know, the belts or do you, or do you think uh, the more the merrier? No, I think it does. Um, I I think it does. And I'll, but, but you know, it, it depends on the circumstances too. Right. So uh, my best example or my best example before the current day product is, if you go back and you watch some 1986, 1987 Jim Crockett promotion stuff. Let's do it. <laughs> you, you had, uh, of course, the world champions there a lot by then because by, that's around the time Jim just kind of, the board really, the NWA board really all but disbanded. Jim Crockett controlled the NWA World Heavyweight Championship at that point. Just a fact. It's not, you know, so you got the world title there most of the time. Right. You got you got the NWA World Tag Team titles because by then we'd reached the point where every territory, you know, if you get back into 1965, you can probably find three or four different areas of the country that said they had NWA World Tag Team champions. But the recognized World Tag Team champions, Jim Crockett, uh, Jim Crockett Promotions, World Tag Champions, they were there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then you got the World Television Championship. Then you got the World Six Man Championship. Then you have alternating, you know, it started with the national tag team championship and later just the U.S. tag team championship. We're at six. Right, right. Then you introduce the Western States Heritage Championship. We're at seven. Right. <laughs> and, and, and as much as I love Crockett promotions, I might be leaving one. I might have forgotten one. You guys would probably know better than, than I would. if I. Did. But, but that was just a quick overview, right? A lot of people say, my God, everybody comes on the set has a belt. Right. right. Well, that's true. But also... Some of those times, most of those nights, Jim Crockett Promotions were running at least two towns. Yeah. And, and I would, I would, I'd need to get into checking and make sure I'm right, but it would not surprise me to find out some of those nights they ran three towns. Right. Right. So at the very least on a card, you could have a Western States Heritage Championship match with Barry Wendell. You know, if you did, if, if Rick Flair was in another town, and maybe rock and roll was in another town with the world tag team titles or on big shows. Obviously they're all going to be together. Sure. So sure. It kind of, if you watch just the television, you think, Oh, I'm sorry. I did leave that one. The national heavyweight championship. One of my favorite belt versions of the belt. Tully Blanchard, Terry Taylor, black Bart, all those guys. Versions I love of that. The national. Belt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it too. And I don't know how I left that one out considering it's one of the ones I love the most. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but again, okay. So you got one town that might have, a U.S. heavyweight title, a U.S. you know title on top, maybe a uh, you know some uh, one of the more minor titles un- underneath, 
you, you, they, at least it made sense is what I'm trying to spit out here. It, at yeah. least it made sense. They, they were running enough towns that they wanted championship matches. And, you know, the Western States title was a dusty creation because he really thought they were about to expand out more on that West Coast, you know, uh, territory and or make it a territory maybe. And it just it just didn't come to pass. So then you had Western States title matches. I mean, we had them in Memphis run out loud in, in like 86. So, and so, so, you know. <laughs> Uh, but it didn't matter. Here's why it didn't matter because it was on Jim Crocker promotions television and it was a big deal just because it was on their belt. Yeah. Um, so today, um, do I think it's too many? Uh, I do. I, I do. I think that, I think that when you have, I think exactly what, what you said, uh, Jared, I think it was you that said it. It's, it, you know, yes, I think it dilutes, um, yeah, yeah. your main, your main, your main title. I do. Um, I, I think that the way Jim Crockett did it made sense. Um, it does. It does make sense. And, yeah. Mm. And I, and, but I don't think that, I don't think that today, uh, that you need as many. I, here's the shoot. I can't name every current WWE championship. I don't, right. I don't make, I don't make those belts. Anymore. Gotcha. I can't make belts. Great you can tell there. You yeah. can tell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, great, great relationship with those people. Uh, sure. Continue for many, many years. It's not, there's never anything contentious. It's just right. that's more into our, our licensing situation. Right. Sure. Uh, sure. And, and it running that business and then trying to play catch up on all the collector belts. I'm, we got way behind on when, when our original engraving company went out of business and, uh, Oh gosh, several years ago. But uh, so some of those that got lost in the shuffle, I, I play catch up on those. And if it's a big enough project, or uh, you know, Chris Jericho or Bret Hart or Rick Flair's people or whatever called, and I'm going to answer and I'm going to say yeah. because it it, it 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 makes sense. And it's not about ego; it's about uh, good business and making sure everybody knows that I'm still doing this. So. Well, yeah, and I can almost see you and my brother in very similar. He's not only a podcaster, he also is a pharmacist. So in the ultimate game, the idea that he's a pharmacist, he wishes that he didn't have to do his job because he's in the medical industry and he wishes everybody was healthy. But obviously, he's also a businessman. So he also wants people to come in because he does want them to have a little sickness, I guess, not necessarily want them, but to know that he's there in case they are. And I can see that for you as well, being that, yes, you are a purist wrestling fan at the start of everything. So the idea of too many titles do it like Crockett did, that kind of thing, versus you are a businessman. And obviously you want to make titles for people and sell them, you know. So it's it's kind of a catch-22. But I think you you come from it, from the, the answer you gave was a very pure answer. So it's Absolutely. very appreciated that you, you know, gave that way. So Yeah, man. And, and, and that's, that's and it, it's just, it's easy to come out with it because it's, it's just, you know, you never have to think twice about something when you tell the truth, right? So there you go. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. If you're a pro wrestling fan, there's something for everyone at the cheap heat TV podcast network from the pro wrestling discussion show, cheap heat TV live to the interview show, the Jackson interaction podcast with the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson to the silliness of the Whitey Jenkins show and the brand new Zip, Xander's Irresistible Podcast with Charles Anders. You can check them all out and much more over at CheapHeatTVLive.com. 
So Dave, I'm I'm also like a action figure collector. I I collect all the I collect any action figures from wrestling that I could get, even current. Uh, you know, my son has probably stirred that up in me some that I've got him into the figures. Do the, do the toy companies come to you when they're making a design that's that's yours, or or how does that work? Yes, and and by the way, the same. And my, my, you know, I have two kids, and both of them have been grown for quite some time. But my son and I both, uh, my son's thirty three, but we we both will say, I, you know, we're not we're not playing that game anymore. We're not going to do this and we're not going to get that. And yeah. we'll sell off a whole bunch of stuff. Just truly just for space, you know, yeah. uh, just it, it will sell off a bunch of stuff and then they'll come out with something like, you know, uh, these new Andre, the giants with the belt that was the Reggie belt and oh, things yeah. like that. But, but yeah, that's the question. Yes. They, um, I have a deal. Our, our LLC has a deal with uh, Mattel through WWE. So, right. uh, it goes a little bit. They're really good to us that they can, they have a lot of turnover and sometimes we, we get lost in the shuffle and have to, you know, kind of rattle the cage, as I say, and we'll say, you know, Hey guys, you owe us uh, a box of these or a box of those. And, but they're, they're very good to us. Like, uh, they know that we were, even though WWE owns the design, the, the championship belt that the rock debuted and what was that guys, 2013, 2014, whatever year it was, even though WWE owns that design, um, we made it work because their original versions had a number of uh, problems. And and it's it's one thing to set and draw up some artwork on a computer; it's another to uh, make it tangible to to be able to yeah. you know. And so we made it work. And um, my my buddy Rico uh, Man, who has been my art guy for over twenty years, it just tweaked it to where it would work. And then we did the three D the 3d etched uh, Brahma bull side plates. And yeah. so they knew we were instrumental in that. So they sent us, they sent us a box of those. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You, you know, uh, we, they, they don't always listen. I told them, uh, more than once, Steve Austin, uh, I don't think had ever stepped foot in the ring other than maybe to train when that red television belt was retired in, in favor of the black one, but they still made Steve Austin with the red television belt. Uh, right, right. So they right. don't always listen, but yeah, they do have. But we have we have a we have a good deal with those people and uh, with the video game people as well. Oh yeah. Um, and so um, let's see, oh the new the new Power Town figures. Uh, oh. My buddy Steve Kern uh, was talking with Greg Gagne couple yeah. years ago when this was all kind of in talking stages and Greg was like, Oh, we're going to do this belt. We're going to do that belt. And Steve says, we got to call a buddy Dave. <laughs> and Greg was like, what for? He said, cause he owes all that. <laughs> <laughs> and then Steve calls and say, Greg, can you call you? I was like, not yet. And he's like, he's going to call you. So, you know, Steve, <laughs> Steve, Steve is just, um, took care of me on that. And I talked That's to Greg awesome. once and then, um, I guess somewhere in, in the ups and downs of trying to get that business going, uh, the contact with Greg just dropped off and then, uh, Magnum called him, uh, yeah. last year yeah. and picked that right back up, uh, because, uh, Michael from high spots had gotten with, with, uh, Magnum and said, Hey guys, you know, don't forget you, you know, th- there actually is ownership over a whole lot of this stuff. And right. so Magnum called and, uh, I, Magnum and I just worked together and, and ironed it out. And so, yeah, we're figured in on the power town stuff as well. 
I was hoping so. We've got a working relationship with those guys. We've had Greg, we've had Magnum, and we've actually had Steve Rosenthal on. So if you need the boss's number, I'll send you his number, brother. We'll make sure you get paid. (laughs) I appreciate it, man. Magnum's Magnum's on it, though, I'm sure. He's a great guy. Magnum's amazing, you know. Well, that's funny. You, you, you know, uh, Steve might might be the boss up there, but Magnum is the boss. So it's always the boss. To, to exactly. me, so when Magnum, Magnum and I did that, uh, and there's paperwork signed now because eventually, for the lawyers, you have to. Right. They wanted to. They wanted a production on a uh, on a, uh, a, a a verbal a verbal handshake. Put it that way between yeah. Magnum and I because uh, Magnum knew that I would not uh, let him get screwed around when, on the business end of it based on my words. And sure. I knew the same about Magnum. So yeah. uh, mm-hmm. they went into production without us actually even signing the papers. They have been signed now, but uh, you know, that's yeah. how, that's how much faith I have in Magnum. Oh, Magnum is amazing. And I could not believe it. We had Steve Rosenthal on the show and he was great. And he was like, Hey, you know, my buddy Magnum, we can get TA with you. I'm like, you can get what? (laughs) I thought we were just interviewing the amazing toy man that invented the Remco toys and all this stuff. But no, you're getting me with my, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Are you kidding me? And yeah, Greg, Greg and TA were cool with the interviews, but, but for sure, Magnum was our biggest fan, you know? freak out <laughs> let me tell you it, it never ceases to amaze me my my buddy uh my buddy conrad thompson often says my life is weird and he started that it's just saying but he means yeah. it in a good way and, and i right. relate because i'm going to tell you from a guy that would as a teenager would watch uh, let's see it started i think it was nine o'clock in the morning i'd watch world class and then at 10 I would all, at first it was mid length then they started sending us the worldwide show. Yeah. And yeah. then at 11, I, I'd watch Memphis wrestling. And by 1985, after Memphis wrestling went off, I could watch mid South out of Louisiana. And then awesome. from mid South, they added the WWF syndicated show. Yeah. So yeah. that, that was my Saturday morning and afternoon. And oh, man. I'm kind of the bridge to, to, to the middle here. Like, I mean, uh, like I, I was still a fan in those days. And I probably say that I still am when it comes to the, the classic stuff. But, uh, and then I got in at, at a time or maybe a little late to be involved in the glory days of, of the Memphis territory. But I got in at a time and got to be friends with so many guys that I never thought I would be. Well, then the belt business got me to, into, into being, you know, the, the, the Magnum TAs and the JJ Dillons and the Ric Flair's and the, you know, we can go on, but, and not, not just the name drop. I'm, what I'm trying to say is, it's it. If I stop and I think about it, it's surreal to me too. And it's it's my life is weird. It's like I, you know, I I had a I had a phone call one time, and I'll be very broad with it instead of giving the the details out of respect for. But I had a call from from uh, JJ one time, and he was asking me a question about another one of the horsemen about was it okay to, to give him a call and. You think it'd be a good idea for me to call him? And, and I was like, oh, yeah, I think so. And so we hang up, and I go in my kitchen, and I'm doing something, and hit me. It's like, you know, the leader of the four horsemen just asked you, is it okay to call another one of the horsemen? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, life, my, my, life, my life was weird. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a good way, though, right? In and in in the best way. Yeah. In the best way. Who would have ever thought, you know, when I was a teenager watching, you know, the Mid-Atlantic and Worldwide shows that uh, – that that would be a thing. That'd be a possibility. And, 
you know, it, it was not, it, 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 let me say to you before anybody gets a hold of this and wants to make a clickbait out of it or something, it, it was nothing <laughs> negative. It, it was nothing right. negative. It was, it was all a, uh, hadn't been in touch in a while kind of thing. And he knew that I had, that's all it was. It was not anything okay. negative. I just, JJ is a wonderful, wonderful man. I never want anybody to you get the wrong idea about any of that. So, uh, you know, no. but yeah, it, it was, it was surreal. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I've got one more question for you before Jimmy gets into the name game. What's your weirdest request you've ever had for a belt that you're just like, what? <laughs> like, or, have, or, or like, or like an obscure request. If you don't want to go into like something that's just. No, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I, I'll have, I have two opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, through my late, uh, not really my business partner as much as Reggie's, but Ed Schumann, we did some porn belts. Now there was nothing on the belt that that, that that was nothing on the belts that was right. um obscene yeah. but they but they were for a porn company and yeah. i probably would have declined but ed did not <laughs> and, I, and i ended up finishing those those belts and the opposite of the spectrum somebody else asked me one time and he meant it in a his heart was in the right place um, but he wanted a, a jesus christ belt and i wow. said Okay. You know, everybody has their, everybody has their own beliefs and, you know, uh, these days, probably not the most popular thing to be, uh, of the Christian faith or whatever, but I just told him, I said, I can't do it. I, I, it's, it's, um, you're, this is my living and yeah. I don't turn, turn down money most of the time if I don't feel a real strong need to. I said, but to me, it, you mean that you mean it in a, in a, in a way to honor, but how do you honor Jesus Christ? with some leather and some metal. And I said, nothing that I do is going to do justice. And I, right. I know what you're, I know what you're going for. I admire what you're going for, but I'm not your guy because, and he, he was not happy with me. And <laughs> I just said, but I just said, I, I feel like it, it trivializes. Right. Um, you know, this right. is something that, that we enjoy, right? We enjoy like we're, you know, a lot of us enjoy and God knows these days. And, and I, Hey, I'm not knocking it. It's, it's a good part of my living, but, you know, you have grown men walking around at WWE shows with these replica title belts on their shoulder, but I can't, I can't do that and put Jesus on one of them. Even right. if your intentions are, are, are good and I know they are, right. it's just a difference of, of opinion. To me, you're, to me, it trivializes. You think you're honoring and that's fine. That's your opinion. And you're certainly entitled to it. My opinion is it trivializes Jesus Christ. And I can't do that. Yeah, I think that's the right choice, man. Honestly, you know. So that, that those are the oddest requests, I think. <laughs> and two opposite ends of the spectrum, and very, sure. up, very opposite, <laughs> as opposite as it gets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's crazy. So I want to ask you a real quick question. I do have this thing called the name game, and Jared's blown my cover on that. But anyway, <laughs> do you know my? Do you remember a guy named Ken Steele? I think he met you at WrestleCon a few times. He would always come. Either the Greg Price and Ken from Virginia. He was a pro wrestler. Yes, I absolutely do remember Ken. Uh, I was just very shocked and sad when we lost Ken. I, I, yeah. Ken, Ken would stay in touch with me and send me messages here and there. Just never let the contact, he'd never let the contact lapse for too long. And uh, yeah, yeah, Ken, Ken was Ken was a good guy. 
Ken was my mentor and trainer. He actually brought me in the business. I did a little bit of time in, in wrestling as a manager mostly, but I did end up wrestling a couple matches. But anyway, Kenny, Kenny's my one of my best friends in the world. Honestly, I would be possibly doing live and in color with Ken Steele, not to say that I don't love my homie Wolfie D, but what I mean by that is I would probably <laughs> doing a podcast with Kenny, except he would be like, God, kid, you're killing the business, you know? But anyway, well, <laughs> but I love, love Kenny. I love yeah. Wolfie. I, I love Wolfie, and I, I hadn't seen Wolfie. I saw Wolfie, and I, I apologized to him, Pulaski, because I, we were both at Jerry Jarrett's funeral, and the only chance I got to speak with him, I would have been interrupted in the conversation he was having. So uh, I hadn't seen Wolfie in years, but I think a lot of Wolfie, and, and I, I did Ken as well, and was just very shocked and 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 saddened and uh, you know ken was ken was one of the one of the good guys for sure and I, I, but obviously i'll have to tell you that <laughs> right yeah kenny is a great guy i think of him almost every day was something that he said and it was so sad because you know, the last conversation we had he texted me back and forth and i was going through a back surgery at the time and he said hey you know hope you do well kid love you kiddo we'll talk after i get out of this doctor appointment and then we never ended up getting to talk to him something happened and then i'm out shopping for a bed because of my back issues and sure enough I get the text message that Kenny had passed and I ended up going to his funeral and you know of course I had to pay my respects and everything and you know to me the guy he he wrestled locally he did a few job matches for some of the bigger companies but to me the the wealth of knowledge that went away when that man passed and it it's just so sad and obviously losing my friend is the biggest important part of that but anyway he spoke so highly of you dave he said one time you guys were at maybe a greg price event and he came up to you and he was talking to you and he was talking about the big gold belt and you said you want to see it and apparently you had it so Somewhere and you could show it to him and he just thought that was the best thing ever so he spoke as highly as you are of him i promise you that Dave. yeah well i i know it sounds corny and passe and made up but um as i sat here with a little lump in my throat and i got chill bumps on my forearms popping up um yeah he was he was special man he was one of the he was just one of the good guys in this business uh as far as people that you wanted to be around and would always make you laugh. Gosh, I, I, you know, I think the main times we got together were at those, uh, when I was doing the yearly Greg Price things and yeah. we stay in touch in between, but, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. just so many laughs and, and, uh, I do remember, I do, I, I hadn't thought about it in years, but I do remember that he was just blown away to be able to, to, to hold that belt and, uh, I'm sure we took some pictures and stuff, but, uh, yeah, yeah. man, it just, it's, it's, it's one of those that when you think about, I think about those Charlotte days and I've come across a lot of those pictures lately, it's just never going to be right knowing that, that, uh, knowing that Kenny's not around anymore. I know, I know. I think about him all the time. They're actually doing a tribute show to him in Stewart, Virginia, coming up on the 25th of this month. So if anybody's near that area, definitely go and check that out to do that tribute show. You might see a familiar face or two. So that leads me into this as we're kind of wrapping up here, Dave. Again, thank you so much. This is a new segment for this show. I've done it a few times with Kevin Sullivan, Steve Kern, a couple different guys like that on the Wolfie D show. But for the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling Podcast, this is a very first. And what this is, is a name game. What I do is I name a person or a name an item, and then you give me your first words. But in this case, I'm going to do a little verses here. So I'm going to take one item and put it against the other, and you just say your favorite, okay? So are you cool with doing the name game, Dave Milliken? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, let's try it. 
All right, DJ, hit the music. Now it's time to play the name game. Hey, hey. Now it's time to play the name game. Hey, hey. Now it's time to play the. Now it's time to play the name game. All right, the very first couple of belts here I'm going to put against each other is the Jim Crockett United States title versus the Jim Crockett TV title. Oh my gosh! Well, which I, it's still tough either way you go. But we talking silver U.S. or gold U.S. Let's get well. You know, it's funny because that's a great point. And the silver U.S. There's a great story I, Magnum told me about that where he kind of brushed it off. It was totally gone, or it, it was something to that effect. Is is that? Tell me a little bit about that. Um, I had it for yeah. I don't know yeah. a few years, and then my buddy. If it went to another friend of mine in Louisiana, and now it's in Huntsville, Alabama, so that tells you one thing. I don't know what Corey Madden was. <laughs> well, he was just saying there was, there was just some paint left over on it. It was pretty beat up, oh, and he went ahead and took it off. It had gotten the, – the, the, uh, the, the really deep blue paint had been polished to a point where it was light blue, and the yeah. red had been polished down to where a lot, of, a lot of the red and the blue both were missing, but the red had turned kind of a pinkish color. You can still see it. Yeah. pictures of like steamboat with it or uh you know wahoo before uh, magnum won it and yeah, yeah magnum just went on and finished it off he left a little bit uh it was still there when i got it years later he left wow. a little bit uh yeah. in, the, in the back u.s shields on it uh, yeah. but yeah man it's, that's that's tough but i will go with it, it, no matter which version of the u.s belt it is um to this day, the more popular one in terms of sales is the TV belt. So yeah. The TV okay. Belt. All right. I like it. Go ahead. Love Jeff. the TV belt. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. like, I, I see that. I see that belt. And I see like Arn Anderson with it. I don't know. It's just, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. So the AWA world heavyweight title versus the big gold. Oh my gosh, man. Which, which AWA belt? Bachwinkle or the big belt? The Bach, the Bachwinkle. Yeah. The prison belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mm. Well, I think for for longevity, you got to go big gold. My my heart would be with the other one because um, later years, Nick became a very good friend of mine, and Nick loved that belt, uh, loved yeah. it. Uh, yeah. And um, Nick was a guy that didn't care about belts in general, surprisingly, but he loved that one. And uh, I got to go big gold for historical reasons, yeah. but. Uh, not without tugging at the heartstrings because Nick loved his belt and I love Nick. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough run. And I love that belt. I think it's great. I hope we see it in the Powertown line very soon. So that'll I be. I do too. Yeah. So my next one is this one's a little funny. So the TNA Impact Jeff Hardy belt. <laughs> or. <laughs> well, whatever w- it is, has already beat it. or the wwe divas title (laughs) oh the butterfly belt yeah the butterfly belt (laughs) i'm gonna go butterfly belt i made i made a few of those i didn't make any of those jeff hardy belts so we'll go yeah do you do you know by chance who made that not to name names i guess but i do yeah i know i know you know yeah all due yeah, respect, right? <laughs> yeah, all due respect. Oh, yeah. It's a, it, well, you know, he's, he's bootlegged a couple of mine in the last few years, but I didn't sue him because, you know, he, he got to sell enough of them to make it worthwhile. But that was, uh, yeah, that was, our, that was our friend Randy Jackson that made that, okay, that, okay. Hardy, that Jeff Hardy belt. 
So now I, you're going to correct me on this because I want to kind of get the idea. But do you remember that era of Hogan? Not the original Hogan that he won from the Sheik, but the belt after that, that almost kind of looked like an afterthought belt. It was kind of almost the shape of the the TV title. It was just very small on Hogan's waist. Do you remember that heavyweight title? Well, there were two. There was the 84 belt that had the lacing like the Dome Globe belt. And then there was the 85 belt. Uh, which had just the tool, the tooling, just like the NWA TV belt. So there were two of them, yes. a little bit different. Yeah, a little bit different. But I, I, yeah, I know all about all of them because they're a part of our library. So. Exactly, exactly. I knew you would know that. Well, the original Hogan with the big circular kind of looks like their tag belts now, or yeah. one of those two, the '84 or the '85. Uh, '84, '85, because that's part of our stuff, and and it just it's it's iconic. Um, you know, people still ask me to stay why WWE won't do a replica of it. And maybe they will some, they're loosening up a little bit and trying to expand their catalog. So they might finally, uh, they just, I just got my shipment of Andre the giant belts in on Saturday. So nice. they are opening up the catalog a little bit again, but I would go with that. I actually like the green belt. Uh, yeah. and you know, I was told that Ben senior wanted the green strap and he did it with a couple of different intercontinental belts too. Yeah. Uh, from yeah. the late seventies, early eighties, because the WBC, the biggest sanctioning, body in, in boxing had green championship belts and Bet senior thought well we run the garden we're you know we're uh, new york madison square garden so let's do something that kind of marries us to the boxing world championship and that was the idea behind the green belt uh, yeah okay okay yeah. that makes and sense so anyway, that makes I, I, I didn't hate the green belt by any means i know a lot of people don't like it these days but i would go i'm always going to go with our catalog stuff there that's easy that yeah, makes total sense. So the WWF tag, the original, the, the OGs, the the classic ones that the Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation carried, or the NWA tag, a la the Road Warriors, the Rock and Roll Express. Which one of those? Okay, so Road Warriors, that's all our catalog stuff, man. So um, <laughs> didn't make it easy on him there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got me on that one. Oh gosh, I love all. The, I love both of them. I actually owned. Uh, one of the tag belts, and then I, I put them back together, and Conrad has them both now, I think. But, um, yeah. Oh, geez. But, oh, my gosh. History-wise, NWA, uh, belt design-wise, though, man, those OG WWF tag belts, man. So nice. Oh, my gosh. So nice and so surreal to see them on, like, Arn and Tully when they went up there. I'm yeah. going to go against the home team for once here. I think I'm going to go WWF tag. I love it. I love it. I, I think I'm with you. Even though those tag titles, I like that Billy Corgan's using those too. Those are nice. So well, those th- are those are the cast ones. Those are Malkovich and oh. in, like Rock and Roll wore those. Um, yeah, but you, when you get into Arn and Tully, they were wearing our blue belts. Our that's blue true. Belts. That's true. Good point. Yeah. And that's well, uh, if you go back to the cast ones, the original ones, not those flat pieces of crap now that are out there. But the you get back in the ones Ricky. See, I own one of those too. The Silver Anniversary. Yeah. The original ones, uh, I owned one of those for several years. Now, I, as much and here's here's my here's why I can go if we're going if we're going with that version, the cast version, I'd go with that. And here's why I'd go against the Reggie catalog for once, and okay. that's because that that silver version with the gold eagle was all done by Reggie. Okay. They sent to okay. him. They were they were Nikita Bolkovich belts that had been around since probably what 1980 or something like that, and they got sent to Reggie for that silver anniversary. So if we're going with the cast ones now, not the blue ones, yeah. I'd probably go with the cast ones. Okay. I like that. All right. Well then I've got three more here and we'll be done. I promise. Okay. Spinner belt, 
classic John Cena spinner belt versus oh. the current blue universal. <laughs> blue, blue, blue universal. Okay, okay. That spinner belt too much for you? <laughs> you know, uh, when they came back to me in about 07 or 08, they asked me, could I make one? I said, can I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do I want to? Not really. <laughs> and they thought that was hilarious. And instead of being offended, they're like, okay, let's get back to you. And then we went through a bunch of different hard incarnations before we ended up with the one The Rock debuted. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and uh, I've had I've had the Rock Center belt in my hands a few times before he got it back. And um, it's, 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 a, it's a mechanical wonder. It's very well done. Right. Uh, but you get past John. Right, you get past Cena, yeah. And why is why is Hunter wearing it? Why is Edge wearing it? And why is and and, and you know why did Randy Orton wear it? And you get into those guys, and it just loses me because to me it just didn't make sense. It was it was a gimmick belt for John, just like the smoking skull belt was a gimmick belt for Steve. Right, and, right. And it's not that I don't admire the craftsmanship of it. Um, I just I thought it was great for John. I thought it worked for John. I don't think it worked for anybody else. Yeah, I mean, I could almost see the USWA tag titles with spinners on them, though the hubcaps, maybe. But anyway, we'll yeah. we'll talk about that another day. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> we we need an investor to bring the USWA back. All right, yes. I'm up, yes. up for the 30th anniversary. We'll put PG13 on top, and we'll make them spin our tag belts. I love it. I love it. So, all right, two more here, and these are these are going to be interesting. The big gold versus the winged eagle. Uh, oh my gosh, man! Boy, that's your knockout punch, huh? <laughs> Maybe one more. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. It history-wise, I think it's just kind of a toss-up, but yeah. uh, it is that belt. Although it originated with Reggie, and you and I say that a lot because of the time frames, uh, that belt is one of the reasons that I still make a living in the belt business uh, today uh, through licensing and whatnot anyway, at least on that level. And yeah. to me, um, I always go back to what Reggie said. He said, that's our, that is our um, signature. That was the word he used. That, that's our signature piece. So I'm going to go with the winged eagle belt. And I know that a lot of people are going to be like, Oh no, but, but it's not, it's not because I necessarily think it's, better it is just a choice based on my history right and it has some of your sweat and blood in it it's got your heart in it it's got your mentor in it i mean it's it's all so much true. there yeah so all true and i have the original reggie parks mock-up that most people don't even know it still exists and it's a little worse for wear and every time my friends see it they say why is this not in a frame yet but i have the original winged eagle main plate mock-up yeah wow. the very first the very first one from late yeah. 1987 when it was being worked on in my shop. Well, th- that one might have been a knockout punch, but this one is definitely going to be a knockout punch here. So the 10 okay. pounds of gold versus the winged eagle. Same answer. And, and, and it's just because of my personal history. Although I've been, I've been such a part of the NWA over the years and have made a number of those for the organization. I don't say that easily. I only say it, based on the same criteria I gave on the last one. Yeah. Um, but as somebody that 
with my buddy Big Born did a book on that in like what was that 2008? Yeah, I think uh, you're right. Yep. And, and and I have so much history both with that original belt and with um, the organization. But my heart goes with everything Reggie Parks, so I'm I'm I got to go with the Winged Eagle. But keep in mind, I do so. It's it's like that question earlier where I said, "Oh, you're," but I'm saying it, but it's tugging on my heartstrings to do it because I love that ten <laughs> pounds of gold. Right, right. Such a cool that's not a history thing. Yeah, Dave. Dave, when you see ten pounds of gold, like what wrestler do you see that belt on? Like in your head? Well, automatically it's Rick, but but uh, immediately, I mean immediately, and I have T-shirts that I that I I have one-off T-shirts of these guys. You know, I have more than one Dusty Rhodes. Uh, 10 pounds of gold uh, t-shirts and I have you know Harley, Harley and Dusty are quick follow-ups to that for sure yeah. Yeah. I see Harley but, in my head for some reason I don't know well yeah. and that's valid and that's a, you know what did you say earlier there are no wrong answers yeah yeah Harley, yeah. <laughs> Harley from the strictly wrestling business perspective is unbeatable in terms of it's very valid it's just um, you know for somebody that that loves the purity of the, the actual wrestling business. I don't want to come off as hypocritical, but again, you know, Rick so far transcended the wrestling business. And yeah, that, yeah. that, that's, that's why Rick is my go-to, but Harley and Dusty are quick, quick, immediate follow-ups to that. Uh, you know, Harley was, Harley was such a, Harley was the heartbeat of that organization. And Rick will tell you that because, when they, you know, when Rick had to go to Japan and was afraid he was going to get shot on or double crossed, Harley went with him. Right, I know. I love that. I love that story. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. But that's a, yeah. That's so, <laughs> heartbeat, heartbeat of the NWA was, was Harley Race. So, you know, you can't you can't go wrong with that answer. I have a, a personal connection with Rick, uh, where, um, you know, but but it's the same thing. All those guys, man. You know, Harley. Harley loved Reggie. Harley would carry his Reggie Parks 10 pounds of gold around for the last 25 years of his life. And most people just assumed that was his ring use championship belt. And after it gotten a little more beat up from all the wear and tear of taking it around, a lot of people thought so. But yeah. um, Harley mm-hmm. loved Reggie. So I, I had an automatic end with Harley back in the day as well for that very reason. Um, you know, and I always do these shows. It doesn't matter who I'm talking to. You're going to hear a lot of Reggie stuff. And the reason is, no Reggie, no me, you know, and, and I might be in the business because of the King, but I got into this position in the business because of the King of Belts. So, so, you yeah. know, hey, so, you so I, I, I believe you gotta, I believe you gotta never forget where you came from. And so you're going to always hear a lot of Reggie Parks when you talk to me. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. I mean, I think that's the spot. We got to wrap it on, man. Dave, we got to get you back on sometime soon, man. Would love to chat more with you. I've got a million more questions, but I'll save them for the next episode. But Dave, tell them where they can find you, brother. Are you going to be out somewhere seeing some people soon or just on social media? Where can they find you? Man, I've got all my social media platforms, uh, Twitter at Dave Milliken, Instagram at Dave Milliken. I don't really do much on either one of them because... Uh, I just don't, I keep my head down and I, I just don't do really, really do a whole bunch. If somebody engages with me, sometimes I don't see Twitter for two or three days. And if somebody engages with me, I'll try to respond. If it's positive, if it's not, then, uh, <laughs> you know, 
I had no yeah. problem with uh, moving on, but um, I have right. that, and uh, you know, so I don't, I don't really do a lot on those things. But uh, no, as far as getting out, man, I, you know, uh, the last Starcast, I was, I was in uh, Nashville, and I think, <laughs> I think I was there for an hour and a half or something like that because I had a horrible kidney stone situation going on. Oh no! So mm, yeah. I don't have anything on the books right now. Uh, I stopped in because it's close to my house with my friends over at the uh, Kayfabe Cave where Wolfie and Jamie were. Yeah, uh, I stopped in over there and see, see my friends over there on some Saturdays when I've got a few minutes, but I don't really have anything lined up. Um, I'm keeping my head down, getting some work done and, uh, you know, I kind of like it that way too, but if something comes up and one of those, uh, whether there's a, another star cast or something like that, then maybe we'll be in touch again and we'll put it out there. That sounds great, man. Awesome, well, man. thank you. Thank you so much for coming on Dave Milliken, the ace of belts. Y'all go check out his stuff. I know you've seen his stuff because you watch wrestling on TV. So, you know, Dave's touch, but thank you. <laughs> thank you again, brother, for coming on and we'll talk soon, buddy. Okay. I've had a lot of fun, guys. Thank you so much. Take Thanks, care. Man. We'll be right back to wrap things up with the Plastic Sheet after these messages. This is the big picture, Michael Jablonski. Don't forget to tune in every week to Jablonski's Pissed Off on the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. The hot frog in this sport. He's going to tell you all about it. He doesn't care what you think. You're going to hear all about it by Jablonski. Hey everyone, this is Shane from Insane Shane's World. I release wrestling figures of enhancement talent, mid-card wrestlers, and wrestlers that you never thought would have a figure available. So if you are interested in adding a really cool and rare figure to your collection, then don't hesitate to contact me at shamtheman73 at gmail.com. That's S-H-A-M, the man 73 at gmail.com. You can also join my Facebook group. Just search Insane Shane's World. All right, we're back in Chic Wow. What a cool show, man. Is Dave not the coolest dude ever? Man, you, you in this uh, podcast we've been doing, man, how fortunate we've been to talk to people and, you know, one after the other. I mean, it's just like people are, are, are so cool and, you know, have been so great to us and they don't have to be, but they are. Yeah, I feel like Dave is just one of those kind of guys that, like I said, he has a little bit of a foot in every field of the industry. But at the same time, I feel like he just knows somebody and he's just so casually, you know, just like, yeah, my buddy this and my buddy that. And it's just like, wow. But anyway, Dave is just like I said, he knows everybody and a little bit of everything. He's done things for everybody. The, the, there was one question I wanted to ask him, like, who was, because you know the Dan Lambert guy? The UFC 
guys that are in wrestling, of, yeah. Yeah, he's a huge belt collector. And I wanted to ask him if Conrad or Dan had the largest belt collection. But anyway, I don't know. It was cool, man. I went to his website. It's DaveMillikanBelts.com. I highly recommend y'all go check it out. I put the link in the show notes, so make sure you click on that link. Go check out his website. It gives you a little glimpse of all the stuff that he's done. The one thing I will say is I know for a fact he has done some incredible work, but what he is so careful to do is he pays respect to his mentor, Reg Parks, which obviously, you know, that's important for sure. Oh, yeah. it's uh, There's such a great connection, I think, between him with his mentor, and he wants to pay ultimate respects to him uh, now that he's gone and, you know, in, into the future as far as he can. And I would, you know, hope, I and mean, I don't know, Dave may already have a, a mentee, but I'm sure he'll pass that down as well sometime. Yeah, for sure. I, I hope he is training someone to be his replacement. You know, not anytime soon, of course, Dave. Oh, we, right. yeah. we hope you last forever, brother. But at the same time, it, you know, we need to know that somebody's going to be the next ace of belts or the, you know, <laughs> I don't know, the, yeah. the the jack of belts, you know, whatever. But, yeah, there you, go. you know, long story short on that, though, he is a classy, just a really nice guy. Every time I bring him up with somebody, I'm like, hey, we got Dave Milliken on the show. Oh, man, he's a great guy, you know, and I think this show just proved that. So we definitely appreciate y'all listening, as always. You know, Sheik, I don't know what we're doing for the next show but we always come up with something i'm excited every time we get to record and and all the fun things we get to do so i'm gonna leave everybody with this of course you know you can find us at gmbmpw on all the social medias that matter facebook twitter instagram and youtube if you go to all those check us out we've got our chic shorts all over whether it's in real form or short form whatever you get it and and honestly just you know just help us grow the brand help us get the name out there yeah One, let us know if there's something you want to see or hear about and absolutely you know, if, it, if if we can if we think we can do it justice we'll We'll give it a try. Yeah, and the one thing is, is the podcasting of wrestling, obviously you know there's a million of them. So first of all, if you're listening to this right now, thank you for taking the time to listen to this and and allowing us to hopefully entertain you by talking about professional wrestling. And you know that means the world to us. The best thing that you can do to support us after you've gone, say, Jimmy, I've already liked your social media. I've already subscribed to your YouTube channel. I've already followed you on all Instagram facebook twitter all that the best thing that you can do secondary to that and it costs nothing is if you go on to apple spotify anywhere that it allows you to rate and review it's a huge deal to us and and that means so much yeah and if you're if you're on our youtube channel and checking out one of our our videos whether it's the longer videos or whether it's the shorts man give us a like give us a comment comments are always uh always helpful you know some of the youtube comments can get a little uh <laughs> spicy iffy. but yeah i whatever you want to call it spicy iffy whatever definitely it's very appreciated and the people i will say this about you say what you want we love it i always love when i open it up on my computer and i see a little number a red number up there in the bell and i know yeah it's a notification to let me know that somebody liked it and or or commented and again it just helps the algorithm get the word out there about our show you know we do this with zero budget 
right? I mean, we're, we're not making any money for this right now. We're doing it with all the love that we can do. So anything that you can do like that, that can help us out. It's so appreciated. And if you have questions for us, if you ever want us to answer a question or give you a shout out on the show, let us know. We'd be glad to do that too. Anything that you can do to help the algorithm kind of move itself along and get the give me back my pro wrestling name out there. We thank you for it. And you, once again, we actually do have some t-shirts. If you go on one of our social media pages or you just contact me directly at gmbmpw at gmail.com, we can get you a give me back my pro wrestling t-shirt. We can get you a plastic sheet t-shirt. We can get you whatever kind of t-shirt you want. They are yeah. 25 bucks and they ship directly to you from the manufacturer. So we thank you all again so much for listening, not only to us, but especially this Dave Milliken episode. Thank you all so much. We do this for fans of wrestling and, uh, and to show that you don't have to be a, uh, a big time legend in the, in the business to have a podcast talking about wrestling. So, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, we, we just, we just appreciate your support and, uh, keep the listens coming. Yeah, and as of this reporting, one thing I do want to say, our sincere condolences go out to the Arn Anderson family. You know, the loss of his son Barrett recently at the age of 37. Very sad to see that. We love Arn on this show. Arn, Arn, you may never hear this, brother, but just know that our thoughts and prayers are with you. Thank you again for your career and and everything, and, and just know that our thoughts and prayers are with you, Arn. And... Other than that, brother, I don't have anything else. Once again, thank y'all for listening. Yeah, thank you, guys. Don't forget. Fight for a Dave Milliken belt. (laughs) With a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. This has been a James Rock Street production.